I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The FT. Hello and welcome back to the Arts Podcast. When the late dancer and choreographer Pina Bausch came to fame in the 1970s, she was hailed as a visionary by some and her work dismissed as structureless and self-indulgent by others. In June and July, as part of the London 2012 Cultural Olympiad, two of the capital's art centres, the Barbican and Sadler's Wells, are staging Bausch's Ten Cities. It comprises ten works created between 1986 and 2009, each responding to Bausch's experience of a different city. I'm Peter Aspen, and with me in the studio are Alistair Spaulding, Artistic Director of Sadler's Wells, and Clement Crisp, the FT dance critic. Alistair... Monica Mason, director of the Royal Ballet, called Pina Bausch a genius. Do you agree? Oh, yes. I mean, <laughs> 100%. I think I think uh, an artist like Pina Bausch only comes along every other generation. I would say she's that important. And uh, in in a way, whether you like the work or not, it can't, it can't be ignored. It was uh, a complete kind of schism, a change in the way that uh, people could think about theatre and dance uh, as an art form. So, yes, real genius. OK, OK. Now, a contrasting view from Clement Crisp, who once wrote in the FT, I own to a mistrust of dance theatre or dance theatre or Euro tedium. Call it what you will. There are all the merry appurtenances of pretension, the secret physical language, the chatter, the angst, and the cheery assumption that we need to understand about these private anxieties, these ill-behaved and self-obsessed deadbeats. Um, that's a pretty damning verdict, uh, Clement. Uh, tell us, what, what do you really feel about Pina Bausch? I'm not going to say that I think she's the reincarnation of Florence Nightingale. She was a quite extraordinary figure. I actually saw her dance many years ago. The most interesting thing about Bausch for me is the line of descent of her work from the German dance theatre of the 1920s and even of the 1930s, and certainly of a post-war renaissance of dancing in Germany. She is uniquely interesting in what she did. But one thing that bothers me, she once said... I am not interested in how people move. I'm interested in what moves people. Mm. Now, this, as a statement about the theatre, is absolutely fascinating, and hurrah, good. But I think as a basis for dance, and the uh, phrase dance theatre, dance theatre, is something which, which came out at the time of her work. And this, I mistrust. Mm. Alistair, maybe we could unpack this idea of dance theatre and, uh, and, mm. and, and what it's meant to be. Um, but for those, those who don't know very much about Pina Bash, mm. what are her dances about? Yes, well, I think Clement's right. I mean, uh, what's most extraordinary is that she went from making um, Rite of Spring, which is absolutely a dance piece, no doubt about it, there's no text in it, and almost straight away, the, the next two pieces, there was hardly any dance at all. 
I mean, there was a few little solos, but other than that, they were really pieces of theatre, uh, but but performed by dancers. This was quite extraordinary, and uh, you know, I know how Clement feels, but at the time as well in Germany, and in, in uh, when she was making the work in in Wuppertal, they also thought uh, the uh, theatre had gone mad to present these works because uh, they really they really weren't what you could normally classify as dance. So the people um, are they they basically. Um, act out little scenarios uh, in in the pieces, particularly the early ones, uh, which are about life, about the relationship between women and men, sometimes very cruel uh, relationships that she depicts in, in the pieces. Did she succumb to the use of shock tactics, do you think? The choreographer Shabana Jaya Singh said uh, that the Pina Bausch experience was like someone turning on a cold shower. I don't think she went out to shock anybody. I mean, I think she really wanted to it this this work came from somewhere within her some sort of um expression of her subconscious in a way and uh, and her uh, bringing bringing to the stage her experiences as a child and and growing up in Wuppertal and uh, I don't think she said I want to shock the world I think she just said I want to put these these uh human situations on the stage sure there was no doubt in my mind about the sincerity of her work. It's what she absolutely believed, absolutely wanted to do. It is also, though, I think its historical antecedents, the kind of very heavy dance, free dance, modern dance. It was called Ausdruckstanz. It was a free dance which emerged in Germany in the 1920s. I, its great protagonist was uh, Marie Wigmann. These works were much more dance-orientated, one of the things I don't like about, and I won't disguise the fact, one of the things I don't like about Bausch is the fact that the dance, I think she could have done better dance than she did. Uh, a work like um, Kontakthof, where you get these 20, 30 old people trudging around the stage. I think, oh, God, you're actually mocking them. You're making fun of the... Well, perhaps this was right, but you're making fun of the emptiness of their lives, these grey, trudging figures. And then I think, but old people aren't like that. I'm an old person, I suppose. I'm not like that. Alistair, it can be quite uncomfortable viewing, can't it? Her view of relationships, and I think most of the dances are about relationships, mm. can be brutal, violent. Mm. She doesn't shirk away from that. She doesn't. And uh, But I have to say that... Um, in the span of the works that we're presenting over the, the ten works, it does change quite dramatically, actually. So the early works are quite dark and uh, and they have very kind of uh, disturbing scenes. Gradually, uh, it, she became more uh, optimistic in a way and, and was more celebratory of life. And the, and the later works also have much more dance in them, actually. There is certainly a good deal more of movement, shall we say. Yes. It is fascinating theatre. It's always fascinating theatre, which you think, oh, God, this is, this is marvellous, this is funny, this is terrifying. But the dance is... It is as if she herself had decided that dance was not what mattered. It was the drama of the people. It was what the people... What moved the people, not how the people moved. She said it herself. Yeah. And this, of course, is my great stumbling block. I, I, I live, breathe, think, watch, dance. And so anything that is, shall we say, anti-dance or denies dance, I find 
I cannot see the need not to put dancing on when you've got dancers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's true, isn't it, that among among cultured circles, Pina Bausch might almost be a Marmite test. I mean, she arouses yes. incredibly strong emotions. Yes. Um, the people who, lo- I'm sure, ticket sales for your season, I imagine, are doing extremely well. Yes, it's all sold out. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it, it's, what, what does explain this? real devotion to her work yeah i think it's true to say if you come along for the first time particularly as as we've discussed to the early works you know they're they're quite unusual and uh and they are a little bit of an acquired taste and so but you are drawn into them and uh and once you're hooked then you really want to see all of them because uh i think actually that uh I, i mean i I think what whatever Clement says, I think uh, she actually really opened up the form for me as well because I don't think it is just about dancing. I think it's that what I love about the art form is it's very inclusive and it allows different uh, collaborators in, including writers and and uh, and use of text. Uh, I I'm not always uh, so keen on. Uh, text in theatre when it's done badly but it's not that you shouldn't be allowed to speak on stage and mm-hmm. dance performance it's like writing a rule book which I think isn't really appropriate yeah I I, I mean I, from my personal point of view I first saw um, uh, Pina Bausch um, work about 12 years ago and I was um I didn't like it very much at all, but there was enough that lingered in my mind that made me think perhaps there's something to it. It it made me think very much like seeing a work of contemporary art, actually, that it was elusive and and elusive, actually, yeah. I I guess one of my problems is I think it's never been worked enough. I mean, there are miraculous moments in a way. I wouldn't deny that for a second. Is it not in Café Muller when a voice says, what are you afraid of? Death. Anything else? Isn't that enough? You know, I mean, that is a profound truth. And it is totally wonderful. You, you'll never forget it. What I do find tiresome, shall we say, is the fact that so much of the work seems to me, I say this seems to me, to be not edited enough. I wish she had polished it more. I wish somehow there were some dance moments which I could find as memorable as I find her view of the Rite of Spring or as one the, some of the textual things or some of the jokes, the, couple, the old couple eating a meal, passing the, the false teeth under the table to yes. each other, all that sort of thing. I mean, these are dazzling insights into people. She's interested in what moves people. Yeah, yeah. Can we talk a little bit about her legacy? Um, Because it is a problem when a personality so strongly dominates her own company and and a whole way of dance. Mm. Um, what is the future for the Pina Bausch company? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, we were, we planned this uh, project with Pina when she was alive, and um, and so it became a sort of focus. Um, the whole the whole um, season became a focus for the company um, when she did die to 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 say this is possible to go on. Uh, and to complete this, and uh, and so um, it's, it's a marker in 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 a way. But uh, having just seen um, one of the oldest works of the in the repertoire, 1980 in Paris, I have no worries about them continuing to present this work as it 
should have been presented at the beginning because it was absolutely uh, extraordinary performances. And I think people coming to this season will see that too. Dominique Mercy and Robert Sturm are really taking care of it. Uh, there are enough people in who are still alive and are still dancing who are in the originals. And uh, so I don't worry about that. There was a great love. I mean, she was an extraordinary person. Uh, she made an extraordinary company. And that legacy will last for a long time. How long it will last mm. is the question mark. But I, I have no doubts that at least the next five or ten years we'll be safe uh, seeing the works. Clement, what about her legacy? Are we going to see people move on from her work or do you think it's I just I think a... people already have. I mean, there are many choreographers who have been strongly influenced by her Dutch, Belgian, Wim van der Kables, uh, who has done quite extraordinary work. I mean, you can see the line from Bausch onwards. And I think... I think it's actually very important that people do continue. I, one needs, one needs, creators who are perhaps more strongly dance orientated. Because what I find often about Bausch's work is that it in, it represents intellectually more than physically what she felt. But one hopes and prays that on, from her among her company, indeed, uh, the, her present dancers, there will be someone who will say. You know, I want to try something. I'd like to make. Uh, I'd like to make a work. Good, thank you. Well, um, if you're lucky enough to have a, a ticket, uh, then you can make your minds up for yourselves. But they are hotter than the hundred meters final, I hear. Um, but um, sadly, that's all we have time for. Ten Cities is at Sadler's Wells and the Barbican Centre in London from June the sixth to July the ninth. Thank you to Alistair Spalding and Clement Crisp, and to you for listening. The Arts Podcast was produced by Griselda Murray Brown. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts.